Welcome to the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. I'm your host, William Cheshire. Join me in learning about optimistic solutions to some of society's problems as we interview entrepreneurs, small business owners, and employees, among others, working to provide solutions and bring positivity into the world. Welcome into another edition of the Talking Solutions with the Chesh, a podcast. And in this episode, the second episode that we'll have uh, on the 2022 calendar year with a guest, we are moving over and talking about a platform that is really, in my opinion, going to be pretty big in terms of lifestyle marketplaces and enhancing local communities and people uh, and just matching them in services. We have the CEO and founder of Portiero with us today, Arthur Burris. And Arthur, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. I, I appreciate you taking the time out and looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Will. Appreciate it. Awesome. And Arthur, just let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about what Portiero does and what its mission is so that our listeners can kind of learn a little bit more about what you have going on and your solution. Yeah. So Portiero is a lifestyle services marketplace. It's a business to business to consumer marketplace where we're focusing on simplifying the services experience for our customers. And what that means is we're focusing on simplifying the services finding experience the services buying experience, and the services selling experience, right? So for our busy professionals and also for our small businesses. And our whole purpose is connecting members as our consumers to small businesses, which would be our partners, to transact anytime, anywhere, and make a societal impact. Awesome, Arthur. And can you elaborate a little bit on what that societal impact is? Obviously, uh, with this podcast, we're all about solutions and making an impact. And outside of the small businesses, I I know you guys got something else under your sleeve as well. Yeah. So recently, we are part of the Pledge 1% community. And what we're doing is we're pledging 1% of each transaction uh, to support community organizations. The way we have set it up is we'll pledge 1% of our own if our members do not you know, support or contribute a community organization. But on behalf of a member, we'll pledge a half a percent on each transaction. And then on behalf of the partner, when they transact or receive their payment, we'll pledge another half percent for that transaction, which equates to our 1%. And that's our way of contributing. You know, our mission statement is around returning, return to society contribution to service transaction ratio of two to one. So what that means is, for every one transaction that happens in the Portiero marketplace, there's two contributions going back to society on behalf of the member and then also on behalf of the partner. That's lovely. And and I think, too, what I think is so great about that as well is you're, you're niching down kind of within the local communities for the most part, it seems a bit. You know, you're working and focusing in on these small businesses that you know, maybe don't have the ability to create their own app to make things so simple to, to order from. So not only are you doing the 1%, but you're also empowering communities and, and small businesses as well, which I think is great. Yes. I mean, if you look at the data, you know, 58% of U.S. consumers are requesting on-demand delivery services now. So you already have the DoorDashes and the Postmates and Uber Eats for food delivery. Why not services at a time that's convenient for consumers and our busy professionals. But at the same time, you know, a lot of small businesses, about 60% closed during the pandemic and they won't reopen. So this is our way for Portiero to help 
resurrect these companies or these businesses or the solopreneurs and have a living, you know, performing activities that they enjoy performing. That's that's awesome. And that's great. And what has been, I'm curious, what has been some of the feedback that you've gotten uh, in your kind of market research and things of that nature as well? When when you speak to, uh, let's start with the, the, the business owners first and the small business owners, you know, what type of uh, messaging have you gotten back from them? So they appreciate it. You know, one of our, the biggest value that we're, we just launched, you know, last week. So we're just starting our customer acquisition part where we're onboarding service providers as our partners. But the feedback is good so far. You know, it's easy for them to sell the services. Uh, the one biggest value is we're eliminating payment processing fees. So on average, they pay 3 to 4% in credit debit card fees just to receive payments. We're partnering with Stripe. So we're paying the payment processing fees out of our account on behalf of service providers as our partners as a way of increasing their profitability so they can sell services in a way that, you know, reduces their cost of doing business. And then you mentioned um, as well, just launching uh, very recently, you know, last week and, and just kind of moving into the new year of 2022 and whatnot. So take us a little bit through what the application looks like at this point in terms of the user uh, ability and the user experience. You know, if I am a consumer, let's say, and I download this app, you know, what types of things can I expect to find? What can I expect to be able to all do within the application? Yeah. So as a member, when you download the app, First of all, you'll search for services after you create your profile. Um, we're in the early stages, so that's why we're focusing on the, the selling experience where we're onboarding you know, service providers. But there are a few that are already in the marketplace. And the categories we're focusing on right now are beauty and personal care, health and wellness. Those are the two main categories. Uh, some of the other categories we're focused on are pets and animals, events and entertainment, home services, autos and transport and food and beverage. So our main one is beauty and personal care and health and wellness. And if you go, if we go a click down, you know, from a beauty and personal care, we're talking about barbers, hairstylists, makeup artists. If you look at health and wellness, we're looking at massage therapists, personal fitness training, whether it's online or in person and online is probably more preferred now, you know, as we come out of the pandemic. But those are the service providers we're looking for now to help them go mobile or it could be a secondary sales channel for them um, so they can actually provide these services to consumers as they request or need them. So from a member perspective, they'll find and they can pay in-app. So that's the beauty of it. They don't have to take out a credit card or debit card because there's card on file. You know, they pay a convenience fee. And then from a seller perspective, they receive that request. They have a calendar that were used within the app, so they don't have to go outside the app to use a scheduling system. They receive their payment in-app through Stripe, which transfers and processes those payments to their financial institution. So those are the capabilities that we have in place today. And, of course, we plan on expanding this over time. Sure. Yeah. You got to get the, the MVP first iteration out, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. And I wanted to just kind of ask a little bit more of a specific question on that. You mentioned the um, health and wellness and then the beauty and, and kind of fashion and whatnot as well. Was that just kind of after seeing kind of the market research of what was going to be the best providers for you where there was the most fit or was that something where people were coming to you about or what went into that process in determining like, okay, these two sectors will be our priorities to start? Our market analysis, I mean, the home services is very saturated. You know, most of your services, marketplace, Angie's and other home advisors, et cetera, they focus on the home services, which is natural because there's a lot of services involved in maintaining your home. 
landscaping, etc. But we figured that a niche would be in health and wellness and beauty and personal care. Now that people want these on-deline services at times convenient for them, I'll give you a scenario. As a busy professional myself, you know, I was going in between my home state in Arizona and my work state in California. Leave on a Sunday, come back on a Friday. So Saturdays, I'm driving around, have to get a head shave, face shave, car wash, manicure, pedicure, drop off dry cleaning, retrieve dry cleaning, grocery shopping, come home and clean the house, and then by Saturday's done, and then Sunday I'm on the road. Well, look at me as a busy professional. Look at individuals that have families, and they have the kids that they take to sporting events on weekends. By the time you look up past these sporting events, most of these brick-and-mortar locations, they're closed. So when would these family members be able to take care of their personal lifestyle needs post these events or after running different errands because a lot of brick-and-mortar locations close at certain times and some do not open on Sundays. So if we can request a ride at a push of a button, why not a haircut? Why not a manicure, pedicure? Why not a, you know, a chef if you want to have, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, so things like that. So we fo- we decided we'll focus on that because that's a gap in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and when I think about it off the top of my head, it's kind of exactly what you said. I mean, unless you're going to a, uh, you know, let's use a haircut, for example, unless you're going to like a big company that's, you know, throughout the, like, a, what's an example, like Great Clips or something like that, right? Unless you're going to a Great Clips, it can be difficult where your local barber shops or something like that, or, or hair salons, for example, you know, they don't have the technology because they don't have the in-house people to develop an app and kind of get it so you can do the booking services and, you know, they have to go through third-party stuff and you're kind of making that another marketplace and, and solving that problem for them as well. And, you know, another thing off the top of my head that I think is a cool solution about your platform and marketplace and whatnot as well is the fact that you mentioned a busy parent that might be chauffeuring around their kid for a soccer game on Saturday afternoon or something. Well, you know how it is during the week. Oh, I need a haircut. Uh, you know, the end of the game, uh, where do I need to go? Uh, well, now during halftime of that soccer game, you go to the app and then you can book it and then boom, it's kind of solved. So I think those are some really cool things that you have going on on that front as well that kind of makes it match and, and fit pretty good. I want to go back though, Arthur, and now that we have a good idea of how the platform works, you know, kind of the main industries, even though it sounds like we're evolving over time here, but I want to go back and talk about the importance of, of why you want to give back uh, to the community and why you want and want to encourage not only the service provider, but the consumer to to pick a nonprofit or a charity or whatever it might be to kind of give back to that, uh, you know, 1% whatnot of, of the, the purchasing. So my story is not as unique as other individuals, but it's unique to me, whereas I, I separate it into three pillars, advocacy for me, my personal challenge, and then advocacy for others. So if I look back, as a 13-year-old, I was one day away from losing my eyesight. So parents were divorced at age five, but at age 13, I didn't know my other side of the family, my father's side of the family. And, you know, my daily routine was go to school, come home, and that was it. So during recess at the time, which is at junior high school, you know, I happened to play basketball. It was one of my favorite sports and I happened to be pretty good at it. And one of the you know, coaches came out and said, you should try out for the basketball team after school. And I was like, no, you know, I have a bus schedule after school. I have to get on the bus, go home. He said he would write a note. So tried out for the team after school and made, you know, made the team and got home and unfortunately was disciplined. And during the course of that discipline, 
the belt buckle hit me in my left eye. And unbeknownst to me, my eye was severely injured, but my mother didn't know. So it was red, naturally, on a Tuesday. And my mother said, if anyone asks, you know, just say, yeah, pink eye. And do not go to the nurse's office, etc. So teachers were concerned. They would continuously ask on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Eye is starting to flutter, you know, as soon as it hits light. And finally, on a Friday, one of my teachers, and I'll never forget her, uh, she's like, I don't care what your mother said. I'm taking you to the nurse's office. And this is a Friday. And take me to the nurse's office. The nurse looks at my eye. There's nothing she could do for it. So they rush me to the hospital. And, you know, upon arrival at the hospital, I ended up having emergency laser surgery on my eye. And they stated that if I went one more day, which would be a Saturday, and my mother wasn't taking me to the hospital or anything, I would have lost my eyesight. Um, what happened was the, the fluid was leaking out of the back of my eye socket. And um, unbeknownst to me, I mean, it was it was that bad. So unfortunately, because I didn't know my father's side of the family, uh, I ended up going to juvenile hall for a couple of months until I um, was able to have a court hearing. And that's where my, my teacher that took me to the nurse's office, she fought. What she did is she would take my schoolwork to me on a Friday and come back on Sunday to retrieve it to make sure that I stayed on course to graduate through junior high school because she fought for me not to be in junior high and then she fought after two months to have me enter her home where she can oversee me and be my guardian until I went into the foster care system for my ninth grade year. So if it wasn't for her, uh, I would not have had that 20 plus year professional career that I've had. And, you know, that personal challenge of understanding what are the needs of busy professionals and families. But if it wasn't for her, I would not have had that 20-year experience where I have a team of individuals that I met and brought together for this effort. And I would not have incurred the capabilities that I have in order to provide this gift today to the world now that we've been blessed (laughs) You know, from a professional perspective is how do we take those capabilities, provide a solution to a need, which is time bound for busy professionals. And then also how do we resurrect small businesses? And then at the same time, how do we give back and advocate for others? And that's how we marry the three is that's our foundation is giving back. And, you know, advocating for others because I always say it takes one accident, one event, or one incident in an individual's life or their family to change forever. That's powerful. That's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, I mean, that's one day. I mean, that's less than 24 hours potentially. And that would have made a huge difference. Uh, I envisioned, you know, your life probably would have turned out quite a lot differently than it did. So, you know, I, I think that's an amazing story. And, and also a shout out to that teacher at that time as well. I mean, yeah, you got to give the teachers a lot of uh, a lot of unsung heroes in there. And it sounds like she was was someone that kind of picked you up when you needed it and, and was able to kind of get you, get you the care that you needed. Yes. So, you know, I, I definitely have a gratitude to teachers and then specifically for her, but also gratitude for teachers because they do advocate for their students. 
Right. And, you know, something you said as well, just when you were kind of describing that and you mentioned your three pillars and then you mentioned kind of how they all kind of come together in a sense for Portiero. And, and one of the things that kind of stood out to me is it's like to me, you know, obviously, and you know, and I'm speaking from from what I read in my experiences here. So, you know, a lot of what you see with, you know, capitalism these days is sometimes it gets a very terrible rap, right? Like this is terrible. Capitalism is awful and things of that nature. But the way you just kind of wound those three together is a way that I think capitalism is meant to be used like in the best way possible. I mean, I loved how you said, hey, number one, we need to find a solution to a need. I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? And then number two, we need to empower the small businesses and the local businesses, which the backbone of America are small businesses and in other areas as well. I'm sure England can say the same, Canada, you know, all other nations. Uh, and then you said in giving back and helping out and recognizing some things about that nature too. So that's really cool. I want to ask you a little bit more specifically, like when was it in your life that you kind of came up with those, that three pillars and those three ideas where you were like, okay, I want to live my life by these methods and by these values. When was it a moment that it kind of clicked or was it just kind of over cured experience? Probably a combination of both. I, I was always trying to figure out during the course of my career, at what point do I stop in my professional career and do something to give back? But I'm, I'm blessed to have had that experience because if it wasn't for the experience, I wouldn't be at this point of time to deliver this solution to impact consumers and then also small businesses and also support community organizations. So I'm, I'm blessed for that. So really, you know, the opportunity initiated in 2015 where I was traveling, you know, back and forth between Arizona and California. And then, of course, through the course of those six years, you know, with different developers, but then the pandemic, you know, slowed us down by two years. There's a saying that out of chaos comes opportunity. And it's actually perfectly aligned that this is the perfect solution for this time to help individuals, right? Because, like I said, 60% of small businesses probably won't come back. They won't reopen post the pandemic. So how do we help them go 100% mobile instead of, you know, utilizing commercial real estate spaces, which are pretty expensive? And then at the same time, 58% of survey U.S. Americans and also probably across the globe, they went on, you know, on-demand delivery of services, right? So it's the perfect solution for all of that. As you know, this is a timing where there's people in need. So how do we help in that? So it's been a six-year journey. And we've come to this point and we have the future ahead. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the future where Portiero is the center of everyone's lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And I want to ask you about the, the future plans as well, as I'm sure you're ambitious and, and got your ideas about it going forward. But again, I think the mobile aspect of your platform is really creative as well. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, this was right before the pandemic, I met this guy and I... It's like a friend of my brother's girlfriend's <laughs> boyfriend or something, right? You know, that, that's how it works sometimes, you know, when it comes to small service business. I'm like, where do I get a haircut? Oh, you should try this person. You know, this guy had a, a van and he was like transforming his van into like a mobile haircut parlor type barber shop. And then he would travel to these people's houses and he would, you know, basically just pull up and then you could either go inside the van where he had like a small little TV and you could sit down or whatever and whatnot. But he came to you, which I thought was unique. I'd never heard of that before, but he was mentioning his, his hardest issue was like generating traffic. Like, how can you get people to book? Because I'm always so limited. And, you know, and your platform will, will do just that. And personal trainers, I can envision, like you said, whether it be virtual now, sure, but maybe they show up to a park that's nearby their client or something. So you're filling a need that I think is um, 
like you had mentioned, and I'm curious if you agree with this, uh, that has been kind of exponentially grown the demand of mobile services because of the pandemic. Would you say that's kind of true? It's kind of accelerated a bit. So even though it may have hurt your production and development, that maybe the way it's changed the world a little bit, it, it might be a better fit and a need now than it was maybe three years ago. And, there, and there's that out of chaos comes opportunity. So you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, bingo, because of the pandemic, wise. it's exponentially increased. Uh, if you look at Uber became profitable during the pandemic because of Uber Eats. So right there, you can see how that opportunity created, you know, on-demand food delivery. Unfortunately, a lot of restaurants have closed. I mean, I just found out recently in like uh, one of our states, Chicago, like 80% of the restaurants are closing down because of the simple fact that they can't find anyone to, you know, deliver food. And of course, there's snow elements involved as well. So those are opportunities that we will look at. You know, how do we resurrect? How do we help some of these businesses throughout the world? You know, it's not just in certain locations. But that's our goal is Portero is the center of everyone's lifestyle. How do we personalize it? So it's not just, you know, right now you have the capability of, you know, looking and scrolling through different service categories and verticals. But eventually it will be, will you go into Portero and you personalize it for what you your lifestyle is? We already have the functionality where you set the recurring services, how often you want your haircut, your dog walk, food deliver, etc. So that increases engagement for small businesses because now they have it on their calendar. Now they know how much revenue they will generate. We're thinking far ahead. You know, we plan on entering the metaverse. We plan on offering crypto, you know, digital currency, etc. So all of that's we have a roadmap. <laughs> so we're looking ahead to the future. Well, let's get into it then real quick. Uh, obviously, uh, several other questions I'd like to get to as well. But let's talk a little bit of kind of about the future and the iteration. So, so you have the platform out right now. It's fresh. I'm sure right now you're collecting a lot of data, going to service providers, saying, hey, let's come on the platform, all that fun stuff. <laughs> but what are your plans, let's say, for the next three-year outlook that you have going on? Actually, let's simplify that. Let's let's go for 2022. We're still fresh within the year. So what what are your outlooks for kind of that first year that Portiero is launched? We're definitely going global. I, mean, I already have a couple of strategic partnerships that are global platforms that will enable, especially the online fitness training aspect. So partnering with them enables us to have global personal trainers across the world, right, that our members will be able to subscribe to and obtain training. And then we have another one that's in the work. So that's going to help us accelerate pretty quickly, which is good because I thought we would enter the global market probably in two or three years, but we'll be able to enter it 2022. So that is the main goal for 2022 is how do we accelerate globally? But the main other objective is start tapping into some of the voice technologies. Wouldn't it be cool to walk around your house and request your barber? Without even picking up your phone. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. Let's say you, you walk around the house and you notice there needs to be cleaning. Portiero, can you order me a house cleaner? Or you can request your personal house cleaner that, you know, you already have set up, you know, under your profile. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, you could have it have it set up like you said where like maybe you have that recurring service or something and you go ah i need it a little bit sooner today you know portiero what does availability of x company from 3 to 5 p.m today Boom. yes yes you so know, that would be cool those are the two main objectives this year is uh, voice technology integrating that and going global 
And that's going to be a work in progress. It's not going to be easy because there's different iterations of voice that you have to account for, right? You know, localized languages, etc. So it, it, it presents a unique challenge for us, but it's an opportunity that will help us help others across the world, right? And then that's one of our goals is simplifying it. That simplifies the buying experience and the finding experience for our members. Right now, we're focused on simplifying the selling experience by eliminating payment processing fees. But then when we move upstream, how do we simplify the finding and buying experience? And then that's one emerging technology that we want to integrate this year. Awesome. And so what are some of the challenges that you've been facing then in terms of trying to scale out and get some of these new features implemented? Uh, you know, what would you say has been kind of those the, the biggest challenges that you've had to face uh, during this time? The biggest challenge is always going to be uh, investment funding, right? So I bootstrapped it, you know, 90% out of my personal account. And then I have some co-founders, right? But they have families and, and other, you know, uh, expectations and, you know, and things that they have to take care of. But it's, yeah, it's investment funding now. You know, now we're in that area where it's no longer concept. We're in the customer acquisition phase. And then how do we help, you know, find that product market fit, accelerate it, and get increase awareness. So with bootstrapping, it causes creativity, which is good, right? So it forces creativity, and which is a good thing. A lot of companies are flush with cash, and they can spend it, you know, as they wish. When you're bootstrapping, you have to be very economical, very efficient, and definitely look for a return on investment. But at the same time, be creative. And we've been fortunate to actually deliver the app into the marketplace. Now it's just a matter of increasing awareness acquiring users, building those business cases, and then word of mouth from there. Right. What, what would you say has been uh, your biggest strength of marketing? Like what marketing source out there has been the, the best bet for you so far? Has it been kind of the traditional word of mouth referral? Has it been social media, paid ads? You know, what, what's kind of been working? So we're going to rely mainly on organic um, digital marketing. So we just started last week. So what we're doing now is we're creating these video clips, which seems to work pretty well. Uh, so luckily, I have a digital marketer on the team. So we're going to use that for our digital organic uh, marketing. And the other part of it is the word of mouth, as you stated. So we're tapping into our own networks and people that own businesses to help them on board. And then they will bring their existing customers on. And then that starts that word of mouth start building business cases. And then one unique feature that we plan on doing is having our users, both on the partner side, which are service providers and the members as consumers, is upload videos to talk about their experience. So then that helps with the word of mouth. And then it, it lessens the need to doing paid advertising. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and then I want to ask you a little bit about it. It sounds like a, at this moment that you and the team are trying to kind of seek funding a little bit to, to kind of put it forward at this time. Yes. I mean, we will consider this our seat round ass. So, yes, we would be looking for funding to increase our activity level, increasing that awareness, et cetera, and build out the app. Awesome. And how are you finding that's, those steps so far? <laughs> we're starting. Uh, we're starting that process. So initially, what we will do is do an equity crowdfund. We plan on activating that this week. We plan on using WeFunder as an equity crowdfunding, and um, that'll be a start. And then, of course, still tapping into our network for other funding asks as well. But by tapping into the equity crowdfunding, it gives a chance for the community, which is what we're big on, to invest in the future of the services marketplace. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I love how, again, it's how community-centric it is. I mean, even right there when you're talking about the investment, you're now basically trying to say, hey, we bet that you're going to love this platform. Throw us a little bit of money. Let's get it to grow, and let's get your favorite service providers on here, and let's make your lives 10 times easier so that you can just uh, use your voice to book an appointment like you mentioned. You know, so And that's the good thing. I mean, we plan on being transparent. You know, we plan on putting a roadmap out there so, you know, everyone that invests, they can see where we're going. You know, where's the future? And uh, I'd rather be transparent and then people can, it increases our credibility, but then it also increases the confidence in Portiero. Right. And in Portiero, you mentioned this too. We talked about the first year uh, and then you talked about how you wanted this to be kind of everywhere and global as well. What do you want your customers to think about Portiero, like down the line, once Portiero is established and you've implemented some cool features a couple of years from now within the communities, you know, how do you want Portiero to be seen and recognized by its users and the, and the service providers as well? Recognized as the preferred services marketplace globally. It's the center of their lifestyle where they can personalize their life and at the same time give back to their local communities, right? You're already giving back by utilizing your local small businesses, but then you can actually contribute more to organizations or groups or schools that are in need of funding. And then this is a good way to do it because it's not just seasonal, right? It's not just the holidays that you can contribute. It's not a specific event that you contribute. You can contribute with every single transaction. You can personalize the groups that you transact to. And what we enable is the automatic contribution of funds to those groups. And then, of course, we add on, you know, our contribution of 1% of revenue for each transaction. So this is a great way to grow communities and um, it has that great community feel, right? And and that's very important to me and is very important to the team. Right. And so how does Portiero then choose its organizations that it does the 1% from um, that you have? So from your end of the perspective on the business, so how do you guys choose? Is that just kind of something that uh, is amongst the team that you guys pick, your favorite organizations, or how does that work? The initial priority would be to user select their preferred organizations, and we contribute to those organizations. Mm-hmm. Amongst the team, we have our own individual causes that we're passionate about. So the idea is we have this specific fund, and we would just evenly distribute it amongst the team. And I encourage the team members to actually go into the communities and give that money uh, or contribute to individuals of need, you know, so they can actually see <laughs> that it's being utilized. Me personally, you know, mine is around homelessness child education, and retinoblastoma. So child education, because that teacher advocated for me, brought me my schoolwork to make sure I stayed in school, even though two months I was removed from the school environment and took me into her home. She didn't have to do that. So without that child education, I would not have progressed, right? And then homelessness, you know, I was almost forced to go homeless because of the simple fact I put all of my funds into the business, right? Because I kept believing in it, you know, I basically just empty my whole savings into it because I believe in it in the future and I didn't give up. So I, I, I definitely appreciate the homelessness aspect of how do you help people to um, not be homeless, right? Because I was almost in that situation as well. So, and then the other one is, you know, retinoblastoma, that's a rare cancer and it's very rare. And then this is where individuals actually, they lose their eye. You know, the eye has to be removed because the, the cancer is so pervasive. 
otherwise you know it, it causes other issues so that's something that's very dear to me is because I almost lost my eye but not to cancer uh, I wanted to find something that was very rare and unique that I can stand behind very cool I love all three all three are pretty fantastic. And uh, again, I think it's cool that you uh, allow your team to kind of pick their causes. You create a bit of a fund. And then obviously the priority is to get the, the users and whatnot to choose their own. But if not, there's still kind of that backup group and, and they're all going to get uh, some love as well or even better direct to, to the hands of the person. Like you said, just give in need going forward. So I also think is kind of unique and cool. Yeah. And like if you see like a family, if they're forced, you know, if they're not having any food or shelter, you know, how do we pay their rent for a month? Things like that. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I have a vision for. And then how do you kind of see this in the future of the platform in terms of kind of, uh, you know, a, a money making type tool for for the business in terms of profit? Do you see that the consumers are going to, you know, be spending a certain amount per month to use the platform or there, you mentioned that, you know, you're cutting out fees and then you're going to be working on Stripe for the service providers. But how will that work in terms of kind of a monetary perspective? So we have a subscription and a commission based model. So the subscription, it, it applies to both because it's a B2B2C marketplace, business to business to consumer. So on the, on the consumer side, there's a less than $12 monthly subscription fee. And then um, also less than 7% convenience fee that we charge our members as consumers every time they transact. And the industry average is about 15%. If you use all your food delivery app, if you look at your bill, it's about 15% of the services, right? <laughs> so cut that in half. That's Portillo, right? So less than 7% subscription, you know, because we have to pay for our technology platform less than $12. Now, if you move to the small business side as our service providers as our partners, again, less than $12 a month for customer acquisition costs because on average in services marketplace, these service providers are, which will be our partners, they pay on average like $400 a month and just lead generation fees. So take 400 all the way down to less than $12. That's a huge saving from a customer acquisition cost. And then from a commission part, which is cost of doing business, the average services marketplace that these service providers are charged, about 15%. It can range from 15 to 25%. So cut that in half, they're paying less than 7% with us. The huge value for small businesses, we're eliminating fees to receive payments. So on average, that's 3 to 4% per transaction. We're paying that out of our account. So that's one way of us giving back to help some of these small businesses, you know, become more profitable while reducing the cost of doing business and delivering these services, you know, with low acquisition fees. Yeah. I mean, again, for me, the vibe that I keep getting from you, you know, is is that this is really all about the strength and the building of these local communities, right? It's about the overall ecosystem. It's about great, you know, capitalism, kind of like I mentioned before, like how it should be. And, and that's the message that you kind of keep pounding that I really enjoy um, out of this, you know, product and marketplace and, and how it's helping these service providers, strengthening the communities, giving back and, and things of that nature as well. So, Arthur, I kind of want to ask, too, it, it, obviously, if I'm a consumer user, you know, we can download the app and kind of, you know, play with it and things of that nature as well. But what are some great things that people out there can do uh, to raise awareness around Portiero or get involved or to kind of help this thing grow and kind of create some more brand awareness? Well, I mean, we're on social media platforms. It's Portiero app, P-O-R-T-E-I-R-O-A-P-P. -P. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And we also have a YouTube channel. So go to those social media platforms, 
follow, like, share. That's a great way. Tap into your local communities. You know, if you know of anyone that recently lost their business, tell them to connect with us. They can contact sales, S-A-L-E-S, at portiero.com, P-O-R-T-E-I-R-O.com. And let's get them on board as a service provider, you know, as our partner to help them resurrect their business and save some money. And then just, just keep sharing, increasing awareness. And then also, you know, nonprofit organizations. We want to partner with nonprofit organizations as well to help increase their contributions because I'm pretty sure the pandemic has impacted them as well. So we love to partner with nonprofits as well. I love it. I love it. The nonprofits giving them the love that they deserve too. That's super cool. Well, yeah, I know for me personally as well, you know, I got a little bit of a side hustle where I, you know, work specifically with personal trainers and, you know, build them websites and stuff like that. So obviously that's an opportunity, you know, for me to spread a little bit of awareness that way for it. Say, hey, you know, you need help with your booking, stuff like that. Check out Portiero app, download it. (laughs) There it is. I appreciate it. It has an extra sales channel for everybody, right? Doesn't hurt. Plus, we removed those uh, payment processing fees. So that's that's the game changer right there for them. Yeah, that's the game changer. Exactly. Plus, you get the feel good part of it as well, that some of the, the, the proceeds and whatnot are going to a cause that you elected and chose. So uh, lots of really good stuff there. So Arthur as well, like what other things um, would you like to elaborate on about the platform that maybe I didn't ask you about? Wait, is there anything in specific that you want uh, people out there to know uh, about Portiero? Well, I mean... Increased awareness. We're in our customer acquisition phase. We're in week two. Uh, the more awareness that goes out, the more we can interact with these businesses and uh, help them reduce their cost of doing business. But the main thing is, you know, as we onboard, you know, and people start using the app, give us feedback. You know, the whole thing for us is we want to have that feedback because we want to make a super app. We want Portero to be the center of everyone's lifestyle. And in order to make that super app, in order to help everyone, we need everyone's feedback, and, and we'll just go from there. But at the very end of the day, how do we impact people? You know, and, that's, and that's all I want to do. That's all the team wants to do is as long as we're giving the gift of time, we're maximizing the business value for businesses, but at the same time we're advocating for others, we'd be successful. Awesome. And just to, to clarify all these things as well, uh, in order for users to get the application, they can do so through iOS and Android or just iOS at the moment? Is it a web app as well? How can people uh, use it? Just through the mobile phone or can they use it online? Yeah, so Portiero is uh, exclusively on the mo- is a mobile app. You can retrieve it from the Apple App Store and, you know, via iOS, and then you can get it on Google Play with your Android devices. And it's, right now it's US on- U.S.-based only, but we plan to accelerate to the global markets here probably before June of this year. So that's an exciting time for us. That is. Can you unveil kind of the region it's looking for, or is that still uh, behind the scenes right now? No, I mean, we have opportunity to enter Canada, India, and then also the Middle East. You know, So I have connections there that want to set up in Dubai. So that helps, actually helps us from the Middle East perspective. But I definitely want to enter the United Kingdom and Canada and then India. You know, that's where we're looking to enter uh, sometime before June. Sometime before June. So very, very quick. You're moving fast, Arthur, with this launch and everything. That's exciting. That's exciting. I do I do got to ask because it sounds like this has been years in the making for you. How are you feeling now that it's out there and the marketplace is there and you've kind of seen this build and you've had this envision in your mind for so long and now it's 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 out there and it's go time and it's go. How are you feeling? I put all my hair out. But <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 definitely is it's definitely been a rewarding experience as a first time founder and you know a lot of people do not see the the journey you know everyone sees the outcome okay wow you're in the app store like yes but you didn't you know almost being homeless uh, being broke you know because you still believe in this concept on how you want to help others you know and people are like well maybe you don't want to give money away to people it's like no i i have to stand behind what the vision is and it put me through and so i'm i'm vec- i'm actually excited that we're here and of course that's just one milestone now it's the next milestone of acquiring customers but it's definitely a great feeling because the feedback has been great so that that can that confirms and verifies and validates that it was the right solution to develop. Now it's a matter of just using it, getting great utility of it, giving back, and then just keep iterating. So it's 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 been amazing. Yes, that's great. And now the fun part begins: the iterating, the what's working, what's not, analyzation of data, working with the team, all that fun stuff. That's great. But Arthur, hey, thank you so much for for coming on the show and and giving us an opportunity to learn all about Portiero and and you know the the great things that you guys are doing there. Uh, again, you guys listening, you can download it on the Apple Store, uh, and then of course the Google Play Store as well for Android on that front and then you can check out some more information on their social media please like engage all that i can't uh, stress enough how important uh, engagement is to the algorithms and getting awareness out there on that front for it so uh, arthur anything else that you'd like to add here before i let you go i appreciate the opportunity please uh, like like will stated please like share follow us on all our social media platform download the app use it give us feedback and and much appreciate it and i'm grateful it's community centric people come on now they need your feedback you can give video reviews youtube all that fun stuff and then you can get an opportunity to pick uh, the organizations you want community centric that's what it's all about and then of course as usual all those links will be in the link tree that i got for the the instagram page on talking solutions podcast so if you just want a quick and easy way to find it all those links will be available on there during uh this week and so be happy to to share and get that out but arthur thank you so much for coming on the show and and having a conversation with us you have an incredible personal story and then i really love how you're applying it and letting it um really play out in a great way for communities here with the portiero app I appreciate you, Will. You know, thanks for the opportunity and uh, you know, looking forward to the journey. Yes, that's the founder and CEO of Portiero, Mr. Arthur Burst Jr. joining us here on this edition of the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. And that is going to wrap this episode up. As always, if you want to learn more, check out the link tree or you can head over to their website as well. That's portiero.com. And then, of course, on Portiero app on social media and things of that nature as well. So looking forward to speaking with you and interacting with y'all on the Instagram page. If you like this episode, please feel free to give a review on Apple. And now Spotify. Spotify is even uh, coming up with reviews now. So anything uh, reviews-wise would be really helpful with this podcast too but until uh, the next episode hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week thanks very much for tuning in thanks for listening to the talking solutions with the chesh podcast tune in every wednesday for a new episode and you can find out more about our featured guests and their solutions on our talking solutions podcast instagram facebook and youtube channels as we focus on highlighting individuals providing solutions to social problems and bringing optimism to the world.